Welcome to the Ask Philip podcast. Today, Philip talks about what are some inexpensive stocks that everyone is overlooking. Big banks are boosting dividends. Should I buy? And the don't be unless you know principle. Philip Washington Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future Future performance. And now, here's Philip. Alrighty, it is June 29th, 2021, Tuesday. Time for another episode. Uh, and this episode was inspired by a, a Zoom talk I did for uh, an investment group um, last night. Good, good group of fellas. Enjoyed it. Smart, smart guys asked some good questions. So I thought those questions might be uh, maybe good to share on the show today. The first question is basically like, how do you find good deals uh, in in the stock market? And it was posed in a way where it was actually asked, hey, are there any like $5 or $10 stocks out there that are that are good? Because companies like Amazon uh, are already, you know, two, 3,000 bucks per share. And that's actually a, a you know, a a really good question because it's a question I think that every investor as they're understanding investments has to go through uh, and think about um, to make good investment decisions. And and let me, I'm going to answer the question, but I'm going to go at at the foundational level. Whenever whenever I'm analyzing whether I want to own a company or not, I'm not looking at the price per share because that's not that's not what's important. What's important is what is the whole value of the actual company? Like what is the company worth overall? Because I want to approach buying the the stock, like I'm buying a piece of the overall company because if the company is worth, let me say it a bit, a bit different. If you look at Berkshire Hathaway, right? They, they actually never did a stock split, which means at a certain point when a company grows and the price per share uh, gets to a high number, what the company to understand is investor psychology, small investor psychology is they don't, they don't understand that the price per share doesn't matter. They just say, oh, this is an expensive stock. So I'm gonna go buy something cheap. And so they'll do a stock split, which means maybe at the price, you know, if there's a million shares outstanding and the price per share is a hundred dollars per share, They'll just say, "All right, we're going to now do a stock split and create a million dollar, uh, you know, a million more shares." And and so if you if you own the stock, you you still will, um, you know, you'll still own the same dollar amount of stock, but but the price will be chopped in half. So for so for example, if you own a hundred stock at a, at a, at if you own a hundred stock at a hundred dollars per share, what is that? You have ten thousand dollars worth of stock what they'll do is they'll say, cool, now you own, um, you know, 200 shares at $50 per, per, per share, which, which you still have the same 10,000. It didn't change the value of your, of your holding. It just changed the amount of shares that you, that you own. It's called a stock split. And so companies that, that, um, that don't do stock splits for, and, and I'm going back to Warren Buffett's company, it's worth like two, 300,000 per share. Cause he's never done a stock split. Amazon's never done a stock split. 
uh, Tesla and Apple have. And so what's, what's most important is don't look at the price per share because companies do stock splits. What you want to know is, you know, what is the value of the company overall? If, if you were to stop buying Warren Buffett's company at a thousand bucks per share, you know, whenever it was decades ago, uh, you would have missed out on phenomenal returns from a, from a good investor. And so think about it as, all right, what's the overall business worth? And what do I think that, where do I think that business can grow to over time? And so let's use the example of Facebook. You know, Facebook yesterday on the news, they were talking about Facebook reached a trillion dollar market cap. And that sounds like a big number, but, uh, and I don't even know what Facebook's price per share is. I don't really pay attention to that right now, but um, it's, it's, it's relative. I believe it's relatively high. And I feel like Facebook's had a stock split too. I don't know. Um, I haven't, I haven't researched that, but you may say, okay, that's cool. My question is, and you know, my investment time frame is five years. What will Facebook be worth five years from now or 10 years from now? And, and so, you know, based on my analysis, I feel like Facebook will at least be worth five trillion or more five to 10 years from now. So five times from what it is right now for a variety of reasons. And so I'm going to own it. I don't really care what the price per share is. I'm more interested in is will Facebook's overall value go from 1 trillion to 5 trillion over the next five to 10 years. And my analysis says, yes, if, if any of my fundamental analysis changes, then I'll make the decision, but I don't make the decision based on uh, the price per share. And, and whether the stock is cheap. The other noted part to mention is the market is smart. The market is right. Uh, you have a lot of participants that are way smarter than I am that are crunching numbers, looking at things, that are uh, looking at the price. And I don't, I don't love going against the market when we're in a when we're in a trend because it's 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 uh, it's right. And so, for example, if I found a company that had a overall market cap that was cheap. So let's say a company has been in existence for a long time and the overall market of the company was cheap, you know, worth $50 million, but it had been around for a long time, but the prices basically hadn't moved for a long time. I take that as the market saying something, the market saying in this current macroeconomic environment or with this current leadership or their current strategy, the company is it's not a good investment. The market has has spoken, um, and and for me to think that, you know, little old me can pick this stock when nobody else can see it and be right, I think is 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 is, is a very very arrogant. Um, at this stage of my business, I know better. But early on, you might think that oh, I found it that nobody found. Now the market is smart, so I tend to not get stuck in what's called value traps. And, 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 and let me dig a little deeper. I think this is a good question. That's why I like it. When, when you look at the trend, right, the trend, there's lots of trends in the market. But the biggest trend is what's the technological trend? So where are we going technologies, which I talked about before? And then we talk about um, the interest rate trend, right? What's, what's the trend or interest rates? Are they going to be relatively low or relatively high? Because that dictates which types of stocks in general uh, will, will do well. And so at this moment right now, because rates have been so low, uh, stocks that, are, uh, that do well in a higher rate environment like banks, manufacturing companies, oil and gap, gas companies, you know, over the last five to seven years have done relatively, have relatively under, underperformed growth stocks by, you know, by a big, 
by a big margin. There's been small periods of time where they've done well, but over the you know five, seven year time frame, they haven't done as well. So they are they are relatively cheap. But I call them value traps because what you want to do is think about okay, the technological trend is in favor of 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 these companies in the future, and then what are interest rates going to do? You know, are are interest rates going to be relatively low over the next five years? Uh, or are they going to go back to being relatively high? And if you think they're going to be relatively high, then buying those value traps and holding it might be a you know might be a good idea. But if the trend is going to continue and rates are going to be relatively low, then you know the market has spoken, and you have to. In my opinion, I like to just stick with the trend of the market because I'm not going to find any stocks in this trend that are overlooked by the market. And so for a lot of reasons, my analysis also shows that the trend over the next five years is going to be low interest rates because the government can't afford higher interest rates and, and to service that, 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 that debt. Uh, and, and the person who, the people who control interest rates are the 12 bankers in the federal reserve. They, they, they alone control the supplier interest rate of money in the traditional banking world. Um, not not the markets. Contrary to what people believe, you know, markets don't dictate interest rates. Um, central banks do. They should, but the but the interest rates are manipulated. And so, once you understand the the motivation of those in charge, then you understand. Okay, these are this is the likely path of interest rates over the next five years. And so, I will say the trend continues. I know that was a lot, but it was. I think I thought it was a great question because it forced me to unpack a lot around investing and how I think about it. Um, feel free if, if, if that explanation uh, was was helpful was um, or you want more unpacking, like hit me up on Twitter, ask underscore Philip, uh, or, you know, shoot me an email. Uh, but Twitter is probably better than, than my than my email to hit me up on there because I'll, I'll respond to that quicker. Also, well, I, I get to this at the end. Here's the next question. Big banks are boosting dividends today. Should I invest in them? So one of the announcements that came out this morning on Squawk Box CNBC was big banks are boosting dividends. And so I know I'm going to get questions uh, of should I invest in big banks since they're paying dividends? And this goes back to this goes back to understanding the fundamentals of the company. When a company pays a dividend, it means hey, we're we're making we're making a lot of cash, but we can't. We can't grow it enough to please the market. Meaning, if the market is is betting on growth stocks that are growing at some high rate of return, and companies that are generating cash can't reinvest that cash into their companies to grow at that at that rate, they'll just pay the dividends. They'll just say, "Hey, let me let me give you the money, and you go reinvest it the way you want to." Because if they don't, then shareholders will get mad. They'll drop the stock, or there'll be some shareholder activist that forces them to pay the dividends. So they just practically pay the dividend. So a dividend alone uh, is not a doesn't mean you shouldn't you should invest. I, I much rather invest in a company like Amazon, Shopify, Zoom. Again, these are companies that we own. They don't pay a dividend, but they're reinvesting uh, the cash flows at a better level than I can reinvest it on my own outside of the portfolio. And so I want to own those companies. I don't, you know, I don't want to uh, own, you know, own a company that can't grow the cash. I just rather just sell the investment and park the whole pile of money in a company that can reinvest the cash aggressively. So um, I still don't like banks and mostly because of the economic environment we're in. Again, going back to what I said before, when rates are low, 
uh, in a low rate period, banks just are not going to do good. And they're against the technological trend, meaning I think banks are going to get replaced with digital wallets. So I'm just not a fan of banks uh, in the in the next five years and definitely not in the next 20 years. And so uh, I just still don't own banks. Last question. Don't bet unless you know. Here's here's one of the themes. And, and this is more like a theme, not a question. But this is a theme that I that I have in investing. And this this came about in the group because they were asking me questions about different things. And I, you know, about 20, 30 percent of the questions, I was like, I don't know. I don't know enough about that to make an informed decision. And in my 20s, I couldn't say that because, you know, in this business uh, or I, I thought that since I was young, I had to prove that I knew everything. And I don't. Right. Warren Buffett made a fortune, but basically off, you know, five or six companies that he bought early and held on to. And he missed a lot of companies and still became a billionaire. He does not understand tech. He missed he missed some of the he missed the biggest, most best performing companies of the last 20 years, Apple, Amazon. Uh, he bought Apple late, but he missed the big run at Apple. Google, like he missed those, but he still made a crap ton of money because he stayed in his circle of comp- competence, the one foot hurdles. And so for me, I don't like to bet unless I know. And and you can, you can make a lot of money not knowing 99% of stuff out there. But if you, if you stick to your circle of competence, like stick to making investments that you know, or, and, and if it's something that you know, like don't invest unless you fully understand it. So let me give you a specific example. I was asked about uh, 3D printing. And, and so what I do know in 3D printing is the technology is becoming cheap, fast, like at an exponential rate. And it's, it's very reasonable that 10 years from now or sooner that we'll all have 3D printers uh, in our home, which that affects manufacturing, right? So if you want a chair, you can just 3D print a chair in your home. And so then my next logical step is, hmm, it, okay, that the the technological advance is a fact, fact one. You know, then I, then I start speculating, start saying, okay, um, if that were to happen, then where would we need help, right? So I try to look at other parallels, right? The, 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 as the, internet got more developed it got easier to build a website and cheap to build a website because companies like wordpress and all that kind of stuff made it easy and cheap and you didn't have to code so in that advanced and, and so i was like okay cool so even though it's cheaper and easier do i still want to build my own website no i still pay people so i was like okay what are, you know so when it's cheap and easy to do 3d printing um you know how does nebraska furniture mark compete or what's the new nebraska furniture mark and it's, it's going to be more, you know, hiring designers to design the chair for you so that it can be printed um, in your home. Because, right, it's hard to design a chair that you might like. You're still going to need designers. Unless you know how to do it, then you can market your services to other people. So I was like, cool. I feel good about that thesis. It may or may not be right, but I feel good about it. And I started looking around and seeing, do I, do I see companies at the current moment that are taking advantage of the 3D printing trend? I'm like, I don't, I don't see any that I have strong conviction around. I also maybe maybe I don't know enough, but the point is I haven't made any investments in 3D printing because I don't have that bet unless you unless I'm really really confident. And betting unless you know don't mean you're going to always be right. It just means you're highly confident. So for me, going back to the example of Zoom, right? We own Zoom because I'm like because I I was like, hey, listen, when things open back up, like 
my generation and younger, they're not going to want to go to drive back to work. They're going to demand it. Right. And as you see the headlines every single week, jobs are adjusting because they're like, yeah, uh, we can't keep talented people because they value freedom. Like once you can do it, then why not do it? Right. We were only doing it before because um, it hadn't been done. But now that it's done, like the lid is not the lid is not going to be put back on. This is going to become the new norm. And so um, and so like I felt strongly about that because like I I, I am the demo that's going to demand uh, Zoom. And so, you know, I faded the tray where people thought when things open up, people can go back to the office. I'm like, nope, that's not going to happen. And so that's why we own. I'm highly confident about that. And Zoom is the best position company that's dominant. There's not, there's not, who's the number two to Zoom? Nobody knows. So they're a dominant leader and that trend will continue. And they're in the middle of that trend. And, and they're growing at a stupid, crazy amount of uh, growth rate, which puts them in, you know, which in a low rate environment is a good bet. And so I own them, right? And so these are things that I think through to build a strong case for whether I want to own or not own the stock. And again, you don't have to own everything. You don't have to know everything. Uh, to make a lot of money over time in investing. So hope this helped. Until tomorrow, enjoy your day. If you are interested in having a review of your portfolio or to see how far on track you are with your retirement goals, Philip offers complimentary consults through his company, Stonehill Wealth Management. For more information, log on to stonehillwealthmanagement.com forward slash talk. That's stonehillwealthmanagement.com forward slash talk. Philip Washington Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance.